everybody, and welcome to a Pastrami Nation special. This is a tech off, the battle of AI art. My name is Nolan Smith. I am the editor and co-founder of Pastrami Nation, the meat of pop culture. And joining me today, of course, if you are a fan and a viewer of the Pastrami Nation podcast, you know the man himself. I call him the godfather of toys all the time. But today I'm going to just call him Christian Nacorda. Welcome. Hello, hello. And then we have somebody who I've known for a very long time. He's extremely knowledgeable in the tech world, and I'm super excited for this. Let's go ahead and welcome Mr. John O'Connor. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to do this. Um, We are going to dive into a hot-button issue. Um, And it's something that everybody's talking about right now. I've tried it out myself, and it is AI art. So um, let's dive into first, what is AI art? Like we, we see the pictures, we see the pictures of like and the movie and he has like 10 fingers on one hand. Um, who wants to jump in there and let's just talk about the basics. What is AI art? John, take it away. Yeah, sure. I'll give it a, I'll give it a shot here. Um, yeah. So uh, AI art is essentially art that's been generated by a special type of artificial intelligence called a neural network. And the technology to do this, this these neural networks have been around for a lot longer than you might expect since the 1980s. Uh, but in recent years, the um, with, with more modern graphics cards, better processing systems, and also um, AI art sort of builds itself in layers. So each time you start a new uh, AI neural network, you kind of start with all of the previous sum of um, every AI that's ever been built as a, as a starting point. It's kind of like if you had copy and paste a brain from the most brilliant artist in the world, and then just start from there as your beginning of your art journey. Um, So AI art is uh, leveraging these, um, you know, advanced uh, AI systems, you know, all of this technology uh, to then generate artwork for various purposes. Right. Uh, And, you know, for better or worse, uh, sometimes the results are weird. Sometimes they're they're excellent. Um, certainly, they're they're becoming newsworthy, and we're seeing a lot more of it uh, lately. So, yeah, that that's I guess in a nutshell, AI art. And um, Christian, anything to add to that from the the art side of it? Um, I mean, so I know that a lot of the way that the AI art um, is done, and I haven't done it myself. I mean, every if you've been on social media for the last couple of weeks. Everybody's been seeing it. Um, <clears throat> everybody's been posting their AI selfies, right? And, and from what I understand is you're, you're up, uploading a certain amount of selfies, uh, of existing actual photograph selfies of yourself, uh, entering in prompts, and then you are returned with, like, I don't know, 10, 15 selfies, right? Uh, but I know that those prompts are still based on um, AI, like, learning from artwork that it's been fed um, and which is a kind of a big issue that I, I want to get into because that's one of the big issues that I want to get into um, is um, the the artwork that's being fed to, to it because that's kind of been the issue uh, from the artist's point of view, um, at least one of them. So um, I think also the big thing that, that we are all seeing right now with the, the AI art is the visual side of it um, as a visual artist myself, you know, obviously this is where I, I have uh, a lot to say about it. But um, I think the thing that people are talking less about is 
um, the creative writing side of AI um, is how you can prompt for storytelling and where where it is where it's gotten. Uh, and you know, I I think when you you prompt uh, an AI for a story, you, you kind of have certain expectations or like, oh, it's going to be rough. Uh, but it's not so rough anymore. So um, you know, it's not just the visual arts um, that are are uh, being threatened, if you want to say, uh, by AI art, but uh, the creative writing side of it as well. But yeah, makes sense. Now, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. If, okay. Well, I want to jump into. Um, so I'm a teacher, and this is a subject I proposed to a class last week. Um, we talked about AI art, and we talked about the pros and cons of what students feel AI art you know brings to the table and what it doesn't. So I want to run through some things with you real quick. Uh, one, it just goes right in what you were saying, Christian. It enables writers to show their ideas visually. Um, which can help big time in production, right? If you're doing storyboards and you know you're trying to convey what you see for your script, but you want the artist to be able to, to transpose it and create actual art, you can give them you can give them an AI art thumbnail. Um, you can get sketches done much faster. Um, it's it's an evolution of our generation, is what one student put. Um, but on the cons, it it takes away. Work, it can take away work from traditional artists. Does it steal from actual artists? And this is one that students really had um, questions about. And that's one I'd want to ask you, John. Um, so with AI art, is it stealing from artists to create what it's doing? Um, and if so, does it, is it ethical? That's a really good question. Um, so AI art, the AI, the neural networks that um, are developed to generate art, uh, they are looking at source material, right? They have to be trained on a set of images. Now, what that means, essentially training, it's not, um, it's, it, it's it's not any kind of magic. It's all numbers, right? The, the images are turned into numbers. And uh, essentially what happens is you take these two AI, one that generates images and one that recognizes them, and you pit them against each other. This is called a, an adversarial, a generational, a generational adversarial network or again. Um, and these two uh, AI sort of one of them is trying to generate art to trick the other into thinking, hey, this is real or this is authentic. Uh, and so you are generating art in a specific style. And it really comes down to, you know, there's sort of a question of what is the what makes this art unique? And are we copying the thing that makes this art unique? Uh, and that's an excellent question. I think in some contexts, you could consider it ceiling. There's been a big um, sort of issue with uh programming AI and GitHub. Um, they've trained it on all these open source libraries. And in some cases, the code is being directly uh, produced, right? It's lines of code or snippets of code that were written by a person. Uh, and so you do have this sort of element of cloning that can happen. Uh, and it's very hard to control that from a, a GAN because, you know, it's essentially just generating these based on weights and numbers uh, it's not a person in there, you know, toggling things and making sure that it's not being copied, right? So certainly an ethical concern. Um, the question here is uh, when it comes to artwork, right, are you copying somebody's style uh, anyway as an artist, right? Are there elements of your art that you remember picked up from other artists and would that be considered copying, right? So I think it's an excellent question to ask. And I think from a 
technological perspective, I think it's a possibility that it could be copying some elements, but you know, that, that Christian, maybe you have some insight on the art side, you know, do you consider yes. an AI trained on your images to be copying you or copying your style? So that's, there's kind of two things with that. Um, like the thing is the technology is really new and there isn't really a precedent for any of this. So there's not like anything protecting the artist specifically from this there's already been like a couple of, of instances and in, like uh, if you guys are familiar with art uh, kim jung-gi really pat recently uh probably one of the greatest illustrators to ever live uh recently mm -hmm. passed away a few months ago uh two days after he passed away his artwork was fed into an ai against his wishes like nobody he never wanted it his family his estate never requested uh and that's just like one instance carlo ortiz uh a, a prolific designer uh, specifically for Marvel, like, you know, Doctor Strange, um, she very vehemently requested against her artwork uh, being fed or, like, you know, used to train AI. Uh, and it was. Uh, like, thousands of her of her pieces of work is, is doing this. So, you know, like, again, there's not really any kind of protection for that. Even at the request of people not wanting their artwork to be used for this, it's still happening. You know what I mean? Um, at, for for what for what sake you know what I mean and ultimately people are are profiting off of on the backs of artists' work you know what I mean this none of this would be possible with with all of the art without the artwork um, all of, of all these hardworking artists um, that being said yes you're right like actual artists that's how how art is you know uh, but I think the difference is like with artists. They might train under a certain person for a long time, um, you know what I mean, and and adapt those skills to continue that legacy, right? Um, or uh, they're picking and choosing uh, and deciding to to uh, I don't know emulate uh, certain artworks. Uh, but I think that's where evolution comes from too, right? We're building on top of this. I think the the scary thing for me about if if you know because ultimately it's artists can't compete you know what i mean like i think there has always been this thing throughout history like with the adventation of photography right a lot of artwork artists were threatened there was like you know hyper realism that was going on and then all of a sudden like because of it postmodernism and um you know uh post-impressionism impressionism kind of grew from that um the difference with this now is it's not that it's replicating life, it's replicating the art, right? Mm -hmm. And now I, I think obviously like if, if you can prompt an, an, a computer to do this instantly, then what's the use of any kind of artist, right? I think like any, any I, I, I'm not personally threatened by it. I think I'll be fine. Like there's, I, I do a lot of things um, and there's still other forms of art that aren't yet um, being replicated by, by AI. Um, but I, I think this is also going to like take away the incentive for like a lot of young artists. Like they might be getting into this and then realizing now, like, what's the point of it? Um, you know, I, I don't look at this as like the death of art, um, but I think it's already okay. Look at like, I'll say it like this like, Nolan, you're a graphic designer yourself, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think the big thing I just talked about this with students is like, I don't do commissions. I, and I'm thankful that I don't do commissions uh, because it sucks, dude. Nobody pays artists what they deserve. Like, uh, it, and people make that excuse of like, well, it only takes you like 
so and so like it takes you two hours to do this why are you charging so much it took me like a lifetime of training to be able to do this in two hours you know what i mean um so all of that is kind of i i just feel like it's it's easy to kind of enjoy this stuff when it doesn't directly threaten what you're doing but as soon as like that happens i always thought that creative arts was the thing that was safe from all of this and now it's like absolutely not right um and that's fair and i don't want to be like that old like oh like dude it should be done you know what i mean so obviously it's, it's going to force innovation right i but i don't look at it as like another tool like i don't look at it as like a, a like like there's I, I think there's also that danger of like people not knowing the same thing i was watching a youtube video the say like a uh, or literally this week and it was they were interviewing this older woman from florida and she was like at an art walk and she was showing off like her artworks and she had these paintings of flamingos sure but then she also she's like i also have this and and it was she called it digital art um but it was ai generated art right and she was like she literally said and i'm quoting verbatim um she said digital art is when an artist use a, uses a computer. Hmm. And so, like, there's a lot of people that can't differentiate the difference between digital art and AI art, you know, and then we'll look at it the same. It's already been a problem, you know what I mean? I think there, I know a lot of artists that are only traditional and look at digital art, like digital painting, hmm. as like, oh, you just press a button. And like, you know, no, Photoshop is another tool. Procreate is another tool. AI art is that it's it takes no skill to like just enter in a prompt. So I don't know. I've I've got a lot to say about it. It's it's awesome technology and it's amazing, but I think it brings up the Jurassic Park thing. Just because we can doesn't necessarily mean that we should. I don't know. My take. I I I think one thing everybody sort of agrees on is that it's disruptive in some way, right? Like we can clearly see that AI is. AI art is is going to do something and it's going to be big. And the real question I think is what is the impact, right? Um, I see, for example, having worked in the video game industry, um, I've seen a lot of a, a lot of instances where our art team, very, very talented art team, was tasked with what I would call very mundane art tasks or production art tasks, things that do not challenge them as artists. They're simply tasks that needed to be done. And I could see in that context of like a video game, right, where you need to texture, or you need to, you know, design these, these, you know, 50 different corgis that do different jobs, right? Uh, you could, as an artist, train, you know, develop your one character and then train the AI to then generate the variations for you and really save you a lot of time, maybe provide you a competitive edge with your, you know, with, as an artist with other, um, you know, art firms or other, other companies. So I can see on the one hand, uh, it's scary as an artist to say, you know, this thing can generate art. Um, but in some cases, that might be useful for an artist. That might be something that gives you an edge over somebody else. And so, um, yeah, not to say that it's all good, of course, but I can also see some cases where, um, you know, there's a lot of artwork that's done that's thrown away. Uh, a lot of artists generate tons and tons of art that just isn't used at the end, um, usually in a business context. So for them, that might be, it might be nice to save some of those cycles. You know, those are hours of your life spent with any tool, with a machine, you know, with a, a, a Apple pencil or with, you know, a graphite pencil 
um, that's your time, that's your life that you're spending doing it. So that might be a good way to sort of say, hey, I want to spend my time doing the real art that that compels me, the stuff that makes my work interesting. And then all of this production stuff, we can kind of just, you know, we can let that, we can let AI sort of manage that. Um, then again, you know, most of the great artists of history developed their skill while they were apprenticing with other artists and doing exactly that, the production art. Um, so yeah, that may be an interesting take on it, right? Like a different side of it. And I think that's, that's super valid. Right. Like I, I, I again, I don't want to be that like person who's going to completely reject something because I think that's as an artist in an emerging field is a dangerous stance to take uh, because, again, you're ignoring like I, I, I work with a lot of teachers that have rejected technology and they're they're out of touch. Who knows? It might all come circling back to them in the end after all of this. Um, but yeah, I specifically teach like entertainment design. I teach at art, art center. If you guys are familiar, if anybody listening is familiar with art schools, I teach at art center. I teach at brainstorm. I teach at CJMA. I also teach locally at Cal State Northridge. Um, and we, you know, I, I literally were going through finals right now. I, I totally agree because I, there are a lot of steps in the process that, you know, is just really time consuming. There's changes that happen. There are like little mundane things that would be helpful if I could utilize, like even just the thumbnail process, you know, if if you want to come to me, I, I set up some prompts with an AI, you choose which of these you like, and then I'll flesh the rest of it out, like by hand. That's great. But then in, in the long run, if that's going to be a time saver for like uh, a, a company, uh, for for anything, then then where do we draw the line? Like at what point can we like say, okay, now I'm going to get an artist. If I could just keep using AIs the whole time, I could just eliminate the artist completely. Um, you know, yeah. that that might be a super huge benefit for like a really small, like maybe there's a team of like three people that are trying to get like a video game off the ground. Um, but then that's also just jobs lost for like a lot of hardworking artists that have trained their whole life. Um, and you know, that's that is that is scary, that is terrifying. Um it's yeah. I, I've been making this whole push that like artwork, especially for the industry, has been digitized in the last 10 years and pushing students to be very digital and now i feel like it might be turning back i think like you know i think the one thing that's safe from all of this hopefully is like fine art which i i'm i'm not a fine artist i don't i don't consider myself a fine artist you know um because that's still something but there's probably going to be people that want that you know like just to say it was like this beautiful piece of art was created by ai so yeah, it, and it's a. I think um, as a programmer, right? My my, I, I'm an engineer, but most of my work in in my career has been coding. And one thing that rang at home to me is when I saw the Chat GPT generating code and it actually kind of working. Um, that yeah, it scared the hell out of me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and a little, you know, it it was a very poignant message to me. Like, okay, I can see where these artists are coming from, um, and, and I've always assume that at some point code would no longer need to be written, but we would still need to describe the problem to machines, right? Maybe we don't have to describe how to solve it anymore, but certainly we need to describe what the problem is because a machine cannot derive what problems we really need solve. What's a compelling use case. Um, I mean, so far, hopefully maybe (laughs) I could be wrong. Right. Um, But interesting point about fine art too, is that 
uh, it will be very difficult, I think, if, if uh, an AI is trained to de develop fine art, maybe very difficult to determine what is human generated, what is AI generated. And, you know, I, I know right now, um, I think AI, AI art is uh, not subject to copyright in a lot of, in a lot of cases. So you have this sort of legal gray framework as well, where say your work is 80% you and then 20% AI, um, can you still copyright it, you know? Um, and yeah. there's an interesting segue into uh, like blockchain and NFTs that come from art as well. Um, and these are more like validating uh, art, right? The NFT is like a signature. And so if you have a piece of artwork you've generated and it's packaged with a signature in the form of an NFT, now you have proof that you as the artist did this artwork. Um, that could be an interesting sort of parallel piece there. Um, maybe the anti-AI, right? Like you were saying with photographs, you know, it, it disrupted art in the sense that we went from hyper-realism to sort of more abstraction, abstractionist type paintings um, and, and artwork. And it could be that now, you know, in the future with AI art being so prevalent, perhaps these digital signatures are the way to say, hey, no, this was a human and it was done by hand. And there's still, there's still a lot to be said about that. You know, a paint, paint on canvas is still really beautiful. And today, you know, you don't get that texture from anything other than acrylic, right? So yeah, it, yeah. There's some interesting other technologies that are sort of swirling around in this same space too. AI art is, you know, coming into being, but it's also coming into being at a time when you have um, truly like mathematically validatable signatures, things that you can yeah. guarantee were were 100 correct and and authentic, right? So yeah, interesting point in fine art, I think, is is that you have this other technology sort of swirling around it too. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you, you kind of brought it up to going back to the idea of like coding because you can, I mean, it's, there's, there's still as of right now, that human element of, of us entering the prompt, right. Or, or bringing mm -hmm. up the problem that we need the AI to solve. So, but yeah, that's, that's terrifying. You know, I think uh, with, with, with everything that you do with everything that I do, you know, all, all of us, we do like we've, we've worked really hard to develop a skill to to be able to become useful in the workforce but now like ai can do that with no time right without complaining without needing like a 401k or without needing um you know health benefits so right. it's like if you could just be like oh i need this i need a code for this and it's just like here you go like or like i can't figure out what's wrong with my code and it's, it'll just correct it easily then it's like holy crap you know that's yeah i i took a couple of classes in coding and like i couldn't do it to save my life but you know and i applaud anybody that can think creatively in in that workspace you know um so yeah it, oh, it's a skill i'm sorry yeah it's a skill in the same way that artwork is right and so it's a talent you mm -hmm. cultivate yeah. more than anything right so yeah it's, it's scary to see to think that all of that time could be you know could be relegated to uselessness and we saw it in the, the 60s and 70s with factory work you know we saw people get mm -hmm. replaced with machines it's it's a pattern right and um yep. and economically we've never recovered from it we went from a single you know single uh breadwinning household to then you know needing both parents to work to still not quite making enough and we've seen you know the the, the value of our our currency deflate over time um so yeah it's it's scary and the fact that, that could happen is is really scary and it, it 
it very well could, you know, we're, we're on the precipice of a new set of technologies. Absolutely. So I think we lost Christian. That's why yeah. the screen got all funny right there. Let me go ahead and gotcha. take the overlay off. That way, no worries. See everybody. Oh, there's everybody right there. And then we're going to go. Hello, hello. And we're just going to flop to another background real quick. No worries. Hopefully, he'll be able Boom. to jump back in here. Nice. There you go. There we go. So, no, um, yeah. I agree. And I, one point I wanted to bring up was um, mm -hmm. it's scary for the youth that we're trying to prepare to get ready to enter the workforce and then to say, well, maybe maybe you don't, maybe these skills aren't going to be, you know, employable. Um, I had both uh, John and Christian speak to different classes that I have um, for a charter school I work for and to talk about what they do in their jobs and what, what is done for them, where they're able to go with it. You know, like Christian has, uh, worked for the video game studios and he's an art teacher for a number of colleges. Uh, John has done so much programming work and he's done work with NASA for with engineering and everything. So um, it's I think it is scary to that point because we don't know what the cutoff will be. We don't know if it's yeah. going to be, you know, okay, we can use this to a certain point and then we need the human touch no matter what it is, whether it's art, whether it's coding, um, Otherwise, do we, do we fall into, and it sounds silly, but like a sci-fi, you know, scenario that computers do everything for us. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think in my mind that the utopian world is the world of Star Trek, right? Where you have uh, everybody's basic needs met. Technology has solved all of the major problems of society. And now you have, uh, you know, human enrichment and exploration as being our, our primary focus rather than attempting to just make money, right? Um, it would be ideal if we had an environment where uh, an artist could simply just be an artist and they don't need to be an artist because it's a living. They can be an artist because it's an art, because it exists, right? So I think that would be a, a wonderful theory to have there. I think uh, before we get to that point, right, it, we're going to see growing pains like we've seen with, uh, you know, the labor markets and like we've seen with manufacturing um, it migrates to the, the lowest cost market and uh, it's mechanated as much as possible um, and still value in having, you know, people know the process, right? The probably the highest paid programmers in the industry are people who know the old languages that nobody else knows anymore. Um, those languages are 50 years old and they're still useful. Uh, I think the techniques will always be useful. And for, for people who are entering into it now, students, you know, youth, um, anybody that's trying to figure out where they're going to sort of set out into the world, uh, I think there's still massive value in learning all of these techniques anyway, right? We don't want to we don't want to throw that away and say, well, I'm, you know, my my job's going to be replaced by AI anyway. I'm just going to throw my hands in the air because we really do not know what's going to happen. And there are some parts that might be replaced with AI, but there are a lot of parts that may not. And it, if you are positioned, if you have the skill set and the knowledge to, to uh, you know, step in where the AI fails, um, a big thing about the GPT, right? And about, you know, for example, a, a GPT here, I'm talking about chat GPT, which is a language model that's been really popular. It just came out from OpenAI and it allows you to generate text based on prompts and essays. And there's a bunch of stuff on social media. There are a whole bunch of TikToks about it. Um, and the one one thing that they're not talking about is uh, 
this this thing will write whatever you want. It'll write an, a gigantic essay about an, a book, um, but it's not necessarily accurate. Uh, it says very confidently, even if it says the wrong things, it says it very confidently. And if you don't know enough, if you don't know any better, um, you can start to generate, it can, it can just as easily generate disinformation as it can information. Um, it could very wow. poorly summarize things. Uh, and, you know, the, the quality is, because it's generated by an AI, the quality is not guaranteed. And I think the human touch that you, you know, that we mentioned here, uh, I think that human touch will always be important. There will always be, even if it generates things well, um, computers cannot make a moral decision. And in some cases, there will be moral decisions to be made. Do we allow this AI to generate images of politicians in compromising situations that aren't actually happening? And do we allow it to then write an article about that and publish it as if it was real? And do we allow people to trust that AI when it's just spitting out the garbage it was fed? You know, there's no... There's no fact checking. There's no uh, authenticity or you know authentication there, and so there's a real concern of even now, and, and I think for a long time, um, you know, relying too much on the AI. Um, we even this theme goes back to like RoboCop, right? <laughs> you know, we do we really trust the RoboCop to actually make moral decisions? Um, we'll put a human in there, make sure it's a moral decision, uh, and you know, it's a it's a theme that recurs uh, for good reason, you know. Uh, Isaac Asimov wrote a lot about, you know, robotics and artificial intelligences and the moral implications of what the, you know, what a society with those in it would, would look like. Absolutely. And I feel like that's why we're going to, at least right now, we're going to continue to see humanity play a part and the moral decisions that humanity can make uh, will continue to be there um, until some crazy AI is able to auto-generate that. But um, I think for right now, yeah, we we as the human race still are needed in, in regards to all this. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, as we know, like you said, there's AI that can write a novel if you give it the information that you say. But like mm. you said, it takes it as truth. Um, so it'll be interesting, interesting to see what happens next with that. This is not the last time we're going to talk about AI art because uh, and AI in general, because AI is uh, it's. It is the future. It's what we're living in right now. Um, yeah. So we'll make sure. We, <laughs> yes, and we'll make sure we bring you more on that. Uh, I apologize. The weather has been crazy for a lot of us in Southern California. So I know the rain got crazy for Christian. So I think it knocked out his connection. Um, <laughs> snowing over here, so you know that nice. could also play a part. <laughs> but uh, we will bring you more tech-centric, tech-off episodes. Let us know what you would want us to talk about. Um, do you want to dive into the world of NFTs, d dive deeper into AI, uh, dive into coding and coding in what manner? Uh, let us know. Make sure you email me, Nolan, at pastraminationcom And make sure you follow us. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on TikTok. We're on Pinterest. You can find us just about everywhere. Um, John, thank you so much for joining us for this. Uh, discussion. I really, and you know, thank you to Christian, who I ho hope uh, everything is fine with weather-wise. I hope to continue this discussion as we move forward, and I just can't thank you enough for your time. Wonderful. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's really, really great talking to you here, and I hope uh, let us know what else you'd like to know about, and I'd love to be back, hopefully. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. All right, everybody. I hope everybody has a great day. Take care. <laughs>